this is the visual that God has given me for this show today. You know, like those saltine crackers that you eat, you know, when you break it and it's just real crisp and it breaks perfectly in half and sometimes it shatters. That's the visual I get today. That's who I'm talking to today. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys. It is your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? I hope all is well. I hope the sun is shining in your world today. I am just praying for a healthy dose of refreshment over you today. And I got a feeling, I got a feeling, you know that song? I have a feeling that this is going to be your episode if you are feeling exhausted, because I'm going to talk about exhaustion (laughs) in this episode today. Thank you guys for all of your support. I hope you're liking our new sound as much as I am. You guys, I'm so excited about it. I never listen to myself back and most speakers can't. They're like, I'm not, I can't listen. I can't, you almost can't, you can't hear yourself for some reason. It's like, it's like eating your own food. Like some people can't eat their own food. Well, some people can't listen to themselves back. I don't do it very often because I'm here when we record. So I don't need to, I know what I said, right? But I have listened to the last couple of episodes back because we have a new sound and I know y'all are loving it as much as I am. At least I hope that you are. I hope you're loving it. Um, But we've done a lot of work for you guys. Uh, we're, We're hearing from you. So thank you guys for being so supportive. Thank you guys so much. Make sure that you guys have subscribed or whatever it is that your podcast provider lets you do. Get the emails, whatever it is, so you don't miss an episode. We drop them every Tuesday, guys. So I had a really, really funny story to tell you about what's happening in my life. And then yesterday happened. And I was like, I, I'm going to put my funny story on pause. And we'll talk about that like another time. It's, it's really, really funny. Like, my daughter made me a sandwich and she made the turkey flat. And I'm like, you don't do that. You crinkle up the turkey. And she's like, mom, no, you make it flat. And then there was this whole discussion. Anyway, story for another day. But apparently my husband does this too. And I just found this out after 18 years of marriage on Sunday. Story for another day. I'm going to get serious a moment. I might cry. It's one of those things. Okay. So just bear with me as I bear my soul with you. I went to a women's event and this women's event, I'm always kind of either the speaker at a women's event or I am, I'm either the speaker or I'm like doing the event. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we did uh, 25 conferences in six years, which was, no, no, I said that wrong. 26 conferences in five years. And that's how we launched our ministry. Okay. So at these women's events, I'm typically the one that's speaking that has put it together, like whatever. I was invited to go to this women in ministry leadership event a couple of weeks ago. And I jumped on the opportunity. I felt like the Lord said, you need this. You need to go. 
I'm, I, I think I am going to cry because I'm like close to crying right now. Being a woman in top leadership in a ministry is, has been a challenge. I've done it for, oh my goodness, this ministry has been up and going since 2009. So do the math on that. I think we're at uh, 14 years, almost 14 years. I've been the top leader, you know, and I'm going to say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> Sometimes that's incredibly difficult, especially when you you work a lot with men. I love men. I, I, I've got a brother. I got two sons. I got an amazing husband. I got, you know, I, I've got just incredible men in my life. But in ministry leadership, sometimes... I have been talked down to, I'm going to be super transparent. Men have said things like men who are in leadership um, have said things like, you have no business being here. You know, I've sat in boardrooms with men before um, that are all, you know, whatever. And you just, as a woman, for some reason, there's this thing, um, feel less than, or at times you're made to feel less than, and sometimes people don't even know they're doing it, but you kind of carry this thing with you. I'm being way transparent today that I have to study twice as much as a man. I have to know my Greek twice as good. I have to triple check my Hebrew. I have to, when I take a stage, know that I know that I know on these podcasts that we do, I have to make sure that the content is theologically accurate because I am a woman. I have to bring my A game. And I've just, I have sat under this unwritten pressure for years. I actually just told my husband about it yesterday because of what happened. So here I am, I'm at this event yesterday loving the event. These people, these women, you know, they're all in top leadership, lead ministries, they lead churches, they lead, you know, the executive pastors, like whatever they are, they are just whatever. Cream of the crop women. I, I just felt honored just to sit at the tables with these women. But there was a closing moment and every single woman in the room sat there and we had been poured into for two days, which is really nice. But the, the host of the event, the pastor that was over the event said, I have a surprise for you. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, what could this be? Like, is it another bag of Hershey kisses? Because I love those. Um, and she says, you know, this is going to be a really sweet time. And I didn't expect what happened. The doors flung open in the back of the room and 40 senior pastors of churches entered this room. I think there was about 150 of us, 40 senior pastors of churches entered this room. The guy that was heading up this ministry time took the stage and he just, a pastor himself, he just started speaking life over all of us women that pour our life out for Jesus every single week. 
he started saying thank you. He started saying how much he respected us, how much he needed our ministry. Like I am teary eyed right now. All of these pastors surrounded all of these women. Guys, we work our butts off, our butts off. They surrounded all these women. And I'm telling you what he said, we are going to pray blessing. These 40 pastors started not shouting, but speaking very authoritatively over all of us women in ministry, praying, crying out to the Lord for blessing, for wisdom, for, you know, everything that we need, you know, cancel spiritual attacks, like all of this stuff. It was a moment I don't think I knew I needed because I, we, we, you live with it. You live with it, right? And plus I have an amazing husband. He has supported me for 20 years. He loves what I do. But in that moment, the Lord was just bringing these men to mind that have looked straight at me and said, what are you doing? (laughs) And it was probably the most powerful moment of ministry I have been in in a long time. 40 pastors praying over 150 women that have given everything to Jesus that lead ministries all across the world, not just the country, the world. It was healing. You could hear the cries. You could hear the sobs. I, of course, was crying because I cried everything like I cry out of commercials. But it was such a moment. And I just want those of you women out there, I know there's a lot of ministry leaders that listen to me. I know you're out there. I know there's a lot of pastors that listen to me. I know there's a lot of pastors' wives that listen to me. I know there's a lot of people in ministry that listen. And this is for you today. Your girl right here needed freedom from something that I had been carrying for a long time. I didn't even know I needed it. And to hear men come in, that's not my husband who is very supportive. That's not like my brother. Men just undergirding us and saying, we see you, we appreciate you, we love you, we love what you're doing, the Lord's hand is on your life. It was transforming, not just for me, but for a lot of other women. And so I want to offer that to you today. If you feel invisible, if you feel overlooked, If you feel like I felt, I've got to know my Greek, double is good. I've got to know my Hebrew, triple is good. Guys, I remember doing the domestic violence study with Lifeway in 2017. And I would be interviewed by people and they like, even, even, I don't want to name any names, but even in the interviews, they were very condescending towards me saying the church needs to take a look at abuse in the church. This is bad. It is happening in the church. So I remember studying so hardcore, knowing everything I needed to know going into those radio and, you know, whatever interviews that we did, just because I wanted to be prepared and know my stuff so no one could question me theologically. So I understand the weight. I understand. And I just want to say it gave me so much life 
yesterday. And I just want you to know that God sees you. He is so pleased by the sacrifice that you, you are making that nobody knows. He is so proud of you for doing it, even when it's incredibly difficult. And there are amazing pastors out there that love what you're doing, that want to undergird you, that want to support you, and that are so happy that you are doing what you are doing. So I just wanted to pass that along to you. I knew yesterday when I was driving home, I called my husband, I was telling him all this stuff. And he's like, you've never told me this. And I go, I said, I don't even know that I knew that I struggled with it until today. So it was a beautiful sight. That is what's happening in my life. I realized that was long, but that's okay. Because I think someone else needs to hear that. There's some amazing, amazing men of God out there that are just so supportive of, of us women in ministry. I will catch you right after the break. We're going to talk all about exhaustion. I'll see you in a sec. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, I bared my soul to you. I feel very exposed, <laughs> but, but I did it on purpose. My husband told me this morning, he's like, you're going to tell that story on the podcast. And I said, yes, yes, I am. Because of the response yesterday, the, the cries and stuff of the other women, we aren't the only people feeling like that. I know someone is going to listen to this. And they're going to be encouraged by what I just said. So I bore my soul to you guys. And now, hopefully, it's prepared you. You're emotional. You're ready to receive the beauty of the word of God that is about to encourage you as well. I want to talk to those out there that are emotionally exhausted. Exhausted. Exhaustion has set in. I have such a heart for you today. I want to say a couple of things. We're going to go to two passages in scripture today, and we're really going to rock them. I mean, we're going to, we're going to get into them. I feel like we've got this. This is the visual that God has given me for this show today. You know, like those saltine crackers that you eat whenever you're puking. <laughs> And they're like, I don't even know. What are they called? Saltines? Um, they're not Ritz. I'll tell you that because you don't eat a Ritz cracker if you're nauseous. You eat the saltines because they don't have any anything in them. You know when you break it 
and it's just real crisp and it breaks perfectly in half and sometimes it shatters. That's the visual I get today. That's who I'm talking to today. I want to take you to a passage of scripture. I'm going to read the scripture first and I'm going to bounce around a little bit. But if this is you, you turn it up, listen up. God's word is going to encourage you. First Kings 17 says this. Now, Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, Ahab was king of Israel at this point, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before who I stand, surely there shall neither be rain these years except by my word. The word of the Lord came to him saying, go away from here. He just predicted drought. Okay. Go away from here, turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherenth, which is east of the Jordan. I want you to go. I want you to hide. Okay. It shall be that you will drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and lived by the brook of Cherenth, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and the bread and the meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. We're going to come back to that because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. I have commanded a widow to provide for you there. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he he called to the widow And he said to her, please give me a drink of water in the jar that I may drink. As as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. Hang with me. All of this is going to make sense in a second. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. And behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we will eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, do not fear. Do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterwards, you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord, The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. I bring up this passage of scripture because, uh, first of all, I want to say those of you that are hanging on by a thread and you are running out of X. I have coined the phrase in this specific podcast, running out of 
emotional, maybe patience. (laughs) Maybe you're running out of just the ability to believe again, anything emotional, mental. I just feel like we are at a place of utter drought and exhaustion. And that's who I'm speaking to today. This is a beautiful picture that we're going to come back to in just a second. In 1 Kings 17, of the great prophet who found himself in a drought that God allowed that he actually prophesied for. And it shows us exactly how God provided for the great prophet Elijah during the drought. Let me tell you just straight out the gate that whatever drought emotionally that you are facing, there is provision that God is going to provide for you in the midst of the drought. He allows the drought. He allows us to get to a point that we need him desperately. But to those of you that are thinking, I'm out, I'm done, I can't believe anymore, I don't have any more patience anymore, whatever that is, I'm telling you what, the drought God allows, and sometimes he brings it our way, just like he brought it to the nation of Israel to do something, to to show his power, to show his glory. But for those that are in the middle of a drought, that are feeling like they don't know how, the brook is drying up in their life. There is a God who has people along the way that provide provision for you during the drought. I'm going to come back to this passage. I want to head over because I just, I just need to know what did Jesus do in the midst of this. I'm going to head over to John 2. In John 2, we get a beautiful picture of something running out. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, What does this have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set for the Jewish custom of purification containing 20 or 30 gallons each. And Jesus said to them, who did he say it to? He said it to the servants. What did the mom say? Do whatever he said. Whatever Jesus says, you do it. You don't question it, you do it. Whatever he says, you're out of wine. He knows how to fill up the wine. He knows how to provide the wine. So you do whatever he says. He then says, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw out some now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it out. And when they took it to the head waiter and they tasted the water in John 2 verse 9, which had become wine, he did not know where it had come from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew the head waiter knew the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, 
Every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of the signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. I take you to these two passages as passages, excuse me, of scripture, because they are three instances of when there was a lack of something. The very first miracle that Jesus did was take something that was running out and provide. The very first thing that he did was replenish. The very first thing that he did was command some servants to go and fill the pots with water. He beautifully calls himself later uh, to the woman at the well, living water. I have several points. I want to tell you this. Sometimes he allows you to get to a point that you feel depleted to show his glory. To those of you out there today that the last two years have been too much, maybe it's been the last year. I sat by a precious girl yesterday and she, I, 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 like, I didn't even want to tell her about my last two years because her last two years were way worse than mine. She's so precious listening to her story. You know, one of the things I noticed about her as I was listening to her story and I could tell that she had been depleted of, you know, everything that she had held dear. One beautiful thing I noticed when I was talking to her yesterday. She might have been depleted of hope, even faith at a point, belief, a precious person in her life had died. But you know what she was full of? The power of the Holy Spirit. Depleted, yes, in one sense, but full of the power of the Holy Spirit. We see Jesus providing, stepping in, and doing exactly what's needed to be done. We see God providing for Elijah, telling him exactly what he needs to do, exactly where he needs to go, exactly what needs to happen. So in the midst of all of these scenarios where the food is running out, the water is running out, the brook is drying up, the wine has ran out, those scenarios do not stay the scenario. When those different scenarios and different circumstances are surrendered over to a God who provides every single time, what happens? Provision shows up. Provision shows up in John 2. His name is Jesus. Provision shows up in 1 Kings 17 by way of, get this, ravens. You know what God said uh, to Elijah in 1 Kings 17? Not Elijah the Tishbite was, was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord lives, before there will neither be rain nor dew these years except by my word. 
Then immediately when, when he had pronounced the drought, the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, because God knew there was going to be a drought, this is how I'm going to provide for you. Go away from here, turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is in the east of the Jordan. What happened in John 2? When the wine ran out, what did Mary do? Hey, Jesus, we need you. John 2, verse 3. They have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour is not yet come. What did Mary say to the servants? Go, do whatever he said. Listen, God knows that there are going to be times of leanness of your soul, of leanness of your resources, of leanness of your patience, of leanness of your belief. He knows there's going to be times. Sometimes he even sends a prophet, Elijah, to come and predict it. But that doesn't mean he is going to let things run out in you. If that is what you're feeling today, your action step, your practical step is to do whatever it is that Jesus is asking you to do in order to make sure that through this lean season of drought emotionally, God is able to provide for you in a way that only he can get the glory and your eyes will maybe for the first time, be off of the drought and on the provision of God himself. The head waiter was focused on the wine. All the prophets were focused on the drought, but God was focused on his provision. He wants you to focus on it as well. One of the most beautiful things reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Gospels is that Jesus always knows the state of the souls of who he is talking to. He knows they're tired. He knows they're not getting him. He knows they're looking at him with like a side eye going, I do not even think that this dude is crazy. He knows that when they don't believe, he knows when they're getting ready to walk away. He knows when they're exhausted. He knows when they're scared. He knows when they're full of faith. He knows it all. And I believe that while you have maybe been putting up a, a tough front for those that you've encountered and you walked around, maybe you're tough, maybe you're an I'm fine person, maybe you're a, you know, I got this together. The Lord knows the state of your soul and he knows that you're exhausted and he knows that you're running dry and he knows that your wine and your soul is just about out. What do we do? What do we do? Sometimes we're even in the word. Sometimes we're even praying. Sometimes we're whatever. And just, you just can't get past the drought. You do whatever God tells you to do. Listen to this. Fill the water pots is what he said to the servants. So they did. And guess what? They never ran out again. It was lean for a second. But the provision for that wedding and that event was sustained. When we go to 1 Kings 17, what does God tell Elijah to do? 1 Kings 17, verse 2, the word of the Lord came to him saying, go away from here. Turn eastward, hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is by the east of the Jordan. 
Go away from here. Okay. Some of you guys are in circumstances where you just, what are you doing there? (laughs) What are you doing? Go away from here. Go away from here. Some of you guys need to cut off friendships that are making you have a drought. Some of you guys need to look really hard at what you're allowing in your life and you need to cut that off. Some of you guys are in practices or or whatever that are making you have a drought, okay? Some of you guys are too busy and you're doing too much and it's making you have a drought. Some of you guys need to do exactly what he told Elijah. Go away from that place that is causing you drought. And if that's not you, listen, turn eastward, hide yourself by the brook of Charent, which is east of the Jordan. It shall be that you will drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. Now, in John, we see Jesus stepping up to the plate and being the provision for the wedding. But here in first Kings, we see something so weird. (laughs) Birds, birds. I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and lived by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens obeyed God. And they brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and eat in the evening. And he would drink from the brook. So he went. Some of you guys know that you need to tell your kids, uh, you can't do 735 activities. That is ridiculous. You need to stop. This is not healthy for you. And this is not healthy for our family. Some of you guys need to tone down the people in your life. Some of you guys need to go away from whatever is causing you that drought. And you just can't do it because whatever reason, you just can't do it. Well, I'm telling you, Elijah went away. And that is when the ravens were able to come in that special place and provide for him exactly where he was. But even in that place, after he went, guess what? The brook dried up. Then what does he do? Seeks the Lord. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, arise and go, which belongs to Zion, and stay there. I have commanded a widow to provide for you there. So what does he do? So he arose and went. We're at this point of exhaustion, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is. And I've been there so many times, it's crazy. Well, you know, some things I can't go away from. I mean, I've married 18 years as of yesterday. I've got four kids. I've got responsibilities. We've got bills to pay. There's some things you can't go away from, but there are things that you can back away from and you can get rest right there. When the brook dries up in one place, there's still provision of the Lord leading you to the next place. There was a widow this time. The first time it was ravens, this time it's a widow. How weird that the Lord would use a widow who in biblical times had no money, had no way to provide for herself to provide for the great prophet Elijah. When Elisha, Elijah was about to rain down fire from heaven in, in the chapters that were coming up, God chose a widow to pour in to the prophet. 
So he rose and went to Zarephath, and he came to the gate of the city, and behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please get up and give me a little jar of water that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour. Isn't it interesting? She didn't even know who she's talking to. I don't even think she knows that God has actually commanded her to take care of Elijah. I read this over and over and over again, and not one time does it seem that the widow knows that she has been commanded by God to take care of the prophet Elijah. You know, some of those things that happen in your life and you're like, I don't know where that came from, but praise the Lord. That phone call that comes, it's like, you know, living water in and of itself. That that message that you get that's so encouraging, you know, that coupon that you get to go to the spa and get a, a massage. Um, sometimes we don't even know that the Lord behind our back is commanding people to come to take care of us because he knows the state that we are in. I don't even think this widow knew that she was commanded to take care of Elijah because the text doesn't say that she does. As a matter of fact, she's kind of shocked that he actually asked her for bread. However, God knew her heart. And he knew that just like he was going to use her to take care of Elijah in turn, in return, he was going to use Elijah to take care of her and her family. I don't even think she knew. I'm going to be honest. I don't even think the, the Ravens knew what they were doing. Sometimes I just think God commands people to do things and we're like, where'd that come from? And they don't even know why they did it. But you know what? God has said, I'm going to provide for Autumn today. She's exhausted today. She needs a word for me today. She's running on fumes today. Her brook is drying up today. That oil is drying up today. There is no more wine in her tank today. I'm going to command someone to come along and to help her, to sustain her, to get where she needs to go much less like my monologue of what happened yesterday. So here we have Elijah, the head waiters obeyed. Then we have Elijah that got up and went. The ravens, you know, they're, they're feeding them. They're making them, you know, cakes and, you know, whatever, milkshakes, the whole thing. Then the brook dries up and he goes to Zarephath. And there's this woman, she has nothing. She has one handful of flour to make for her and her son. And after they eat it, they are going to die. And then he tells her, make me a cake first. So he does, she does what he says, makes the cake, feeds him. And in verse 15, she says this. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. Verse 16. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. The bowl of flour was not exhausted nor was the jar of oil, according to the word that God spoke through Elijah. I wanted to tell you these three stories today because it's very interesting. As my producer pulled the one about the water to wine and John, I had been studying 
the first Kings passage because I just couldn't get over the fact that I don't think the widow knew that she was commanded to take care of Elijah. So I mashed them all together for you today because I just know that I know that I know that there are some people that are running out and God says, do what I've said. Waiters, fill up your water pots. Go sit by the brook of Cherinth. Go to Zarephath. If you're in that widow position, go make a cake. God speaks to us all differently, and that's why I wanted to use all these different scenarios. But the theme is the same. In the drought, everything was sustained. When things were running out, God stepped in and sustained. So I want just to tell each and every one of you today, if you find yourself in this scenario, this situation, seek the God that knows you're in a drought and ask him, what do I do? Do I need to go? Do I need to stay? Do I need to make a cake? Do I need to fill up my water pot more? What is that thing that you need to do? And I'm telling you, God's sustaining power is for you. You don't have to walk around exhausted all the time. I think Satan wants to get us in a trap where, he, where we, he's like, ha, 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 I have her exhausted forever. And we don't have to do that. We think that there's never going to be a breakthrough, and that's just wrong. Because there is a God that is standing, knocking at the door, saying, I've got provision. I've got sustaining power. I know how to preserve you through this drought. Don't you dare give up. I know how to preserve you through it. You need to press in. I've got all the living water you need. Take it to him today. Let me just pray over you guys. Lord, we just love you so, so much. And I do pray, as I said these exact words earlier this week, I am so exhausted. I feel like I say them all the time. So this hit me hard. I pray for all of those moms out there, all those women, all those men, all those leaders out there that are just, oh, they're just so tired. And it's not even a physical tire because we can take a nap and feel better. It's an emotional drought. God, I pray for you to direct and to guide each and every one of them and move them forward. They don't have to live exhausted all the time. God, I pray for your sustaining mercy and your love and your overwhelming peace to just wash over them in this moment as I'm speaking. I ask you, Lord, Holy Spirit, to do what we can't. I ask you, God, to fill them up in whatever way that you see fit. God, I pray that they would listen to you and act. And God, we love you and we trust you, Jesus. We do trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. I will see you guys 
After the break, don't go anywhere um, with a question and an amazing story from one of you guys. Love y'all, fam. I'll see you in a second. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Okay, here I am after the break. Let's all just take a breather for a moment. I have a question from one of you guys. Love this. And this is like super real. Sherry says this, predicting the future is mentally exhausting. Oh, isn't that interesting? I just talked about exhaustion. (laughs) It's almost like we think of these. We plan this out. Predicting the future is mentally exhausting. Yes, Sherry, it is. I always ask for God's will to be done, but I usually throw in too many scenarios that I have in my head. How do I get over my own anxiety and stop myself from letting my scenarios get in God's way? Sherry, I learned this a long time ago. You have got to release your expectation of whatever it is that you think is the best way over to Jesus. You just got to release it, okay? God's provision, he just provided for Elijah from a raven and a widow that had no money. I guarantee you that Elijah was not, yeah, yeah, why don't you just have one of them ravens come and give me some some bread and some and some water? Why don't you just have a widow who has nothing provide for me? And yet, that was his way. God's ways always look crazy to us. And yet they're beautiful to him because it shows us his eternal glory. It shows us his power. It shows us how he is engaged with us. So Sherry, release them all. I don't know what the best scenario in your head that you think that God must do or else it is not going to be as good. Release it. Release it all. Just release it. Just just release it. I just want to give you permission to not put any stake in your human expectations placed on an almighty God. <laughs> just release it. Because if God said he's going to come through and he's going to answer you and he knows the avenue to your deliverance or whatever, it is going to not look like what you think it would. Guaranteed. I guarantee it. So um, that's my answer to that, Sherry. God bless you. I've been there so many times. It's crazy. This is what God is doing in your life, you guys. I don't know if the first name is Getty or the first name is Andy, but I have I have someone who wrote to us and we love this. And I was like praising the Lord for you. Our God is faithful. She says, I listen to the podcast and follow on social media. So thank you so much for listening along. The shout out is super for you. Many days listening to the show would help 
and encourage me through my college journey. So we got people listening to the show and it's helping them through college. And that is just, this is like one of our sisters, guys. Isn't that amazing that God is using us to just let people get a breath of life as they're going through something as hard as college? She says, I graduated today with my degree as a registered nurse. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for this incredible ministry to God be the glory. So I want to say Getty or Andy, I don't know which one it is. I hate that. But I just want to say to you, congratulations from the bottom of my whole team's heart. All of our hearts. We're so proud of what you're doing. I know my roommate in college was going through nursing school and I know how hard that is because I saw her struggle. She was up, I mean, all night. She pulled all nighters all the time studying. And I know how hard that is. We love our nurses so much, but God bless you. Look at you. You did it. You finished. And I am so, so proud of you. So God bless you in your journey. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you will continue to listen as you get a job as a nurse. That would be amazing. And to all of you guys out there, I just have already prayed over you guys, but I just want you to know how much we love you and thank you. Make sure you follow on social and send us messages. I want to know what's going on in your life. Hello at autumnmiles.com or you can DM us on any of the socials. Download the podcast every week. Don't miss. If you miss, go back and catch yourself up because there's some good stuff in there. God's word is always good. Love you guys so much. And I will see you next week on the Autumn Miles Show. Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Autumn Miles Show.